It's the NASCAR race recap, the Firekeepers Casino 400, the Garage Guys NASCAR race recap. It's me, it me, Garage Guy, Garage Guy Chase. Uh, I love how I keep backing up that. I do that every week. Uh, I'm not going to get any better at it. Also joined by Dale Tanhart, man that was on a mission this weekend. He, he is finally back in the heart of America from uh the from the land of the nash dale how are we feeling on this uh beautiful tuesday morning in uh in america it's good to be back after a sad sad pathetic betting weekend everybody finishes second and the second place champion mm. but uh it's it's a good time to come back off the road and get a good cleanse back in the heart of america and gonna come back strong with dale center on thursday evening be sure to tune in. We're gonna we're, we we got to come back strong. We got to come back way stronger and turn those P2s into P1s because it was brutal this past weekend. But shit happens sometimes. Sometimes it's all luck. Kevin Harvick, lucky luckiest man on the planet in Michigan on Sunday. There there are some people that will beg to differ that luck had anything to do with it, even though they had rode that wave every weekend for eternity of uh, 2022. And, uh, and I'm sure we're going to dip into the, uh, the, the Discord drama as well. was very fun. Uh, we can talk about that. I, I do want to start off by saying shout out to Kevin Harvick. Good to see Rodney Childers talking to God again. Uh, it's been since 2020, the year of our Lord 2020, that Rodney Childers talked to God and he won all those races. He may have talked to God at night, you know, when he prayed, but He's talking to him in the pit box again. So it's good to see that. Um, and IndyCar was uh, was pretty wild. Got to watch the uh, the Music City Grand Prix. I definitely want to hear about your time uh, over there as well and, and how your weekend was. I know uh, I, I looked back and and realized the, uh, the, the weekend may not have been as good on the betting card, but it had to make up in some other areas. So definitely want to hear about that. But yeah, just wanted to say uh, it, it wasn't the best weekend whatsoever for Betty. I think I went, uh, I lost like 0.48 units on the non-car side. I had had a couple of little little props hit, but it with no, no outrights. But I did get to make up for it with the, uh, with the Scott Dixon bet that we had talked about on the, uh, the preview show. And talked about earlier in the week, uh, right when odds dropped. Did not have him on the betting card, though. Dale and I spoke about that. And, uh, and, and I'm probably going to redesign to make more room on the betting card. I'm very aesthetically weird. And that probably cost some of you money. But at the same time, it's your fault because you should have been listening the whole week. So that's the way I see it. Look, Scotty McLaughlin threw that race away, just like Denny Hamlin threw the Michigan race away. So. That's just tough. Super tough. I wanted Bubba to win Michigan. I, I, that, that's what hurts me the most is Bubba was so close. That restart, man. Steve Latart, that's all he was talking about at, at the last. He's like, yeah, Bubba, Bubba's going to want this one back. It's like, well, no shit, Steve. Like anybody would have wanted that back. Uh, I, I wanted to see him win that race. He was so close, man. But, but yeah, Kevin Speed came out of nowhere. And 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 I, and I definitely want to get into that. Before we get into it, we got to talk about yeah the clean air. We we got to talk about race fuel. What fuels us on race day? Shout out to Hooters. 
Right now, if you get over to Hooters uh, or the Hooters app or you go to order.hooters.com and use promo code GarageGuys, you can save money on your order. Uh, if you're like me and you like to get things to go, use promo code GarageGuys on the app or at orders.hooters.com. You're going to save $10 off any $30 or more order. Uh, and that's for Hooters to go, valid at participating locations for delivery and carryout orders only. Captain Carryout is the one that told you about it. Do that. And and if you're like uh, Dale, uh, you like to dine in. Yeah, tell them Dine and Dale sent you. Head over to your Hooters. Have yourself a grand old time. Drink a few beers like I did this weekend uh, out of the pain and misery of drivers finishing second. And Hooters is a great <laughs> – Hooters is a great place to, to drown the pain. You can have a lot of fun at Hooters, but I use promo code Garage Guys. Just tell your Hooters about promo code Garage Guys. Save ten dollars on any dine-in order, forty dollars or more. Valid for food, non-alcoholic beverages, and merchandise. Offers redeemable at HOA locations. And, and yeah, so the, the alcohol will have to be separate, right? Uh, the, drown the pain away and, and on a separate tab. But you still can get all this food, some merchandise, save ten bucks. So tell them Dine and Dale since you have yourself a time. We're gonna we're gonna bring the positive energy back. I, I, I'm tired of being a salty bitch, which <laughs> I'll gladly admit because <laughs> it was potentially like the most furious I have ever been. Because I was at a bar in Nashville. Uh, you talk about the Music City Grand Prix. Conditions were so bad. Throughout the weekend, I just didn't even go out there. I was in the city, uh, but I, I didn't even go out to the to the course. It's pretty hilarious, actually. But it was raining off and on and lightning on the day, and it just made me be like, you know what? It'd be nice to go post up at a bar with a few of my friends and just watch the races because they ended up coming on at the same time. Both were delayed, and it was the worst feeling ever because they ended right around the same time. And Scott McLaughlin was my top play for the IndyCar race. And uh, Bubba Wallace was one of my plays. Denny Hamlin was one of my plays. Kyle Larson was one of my plays. And all three of them would have lined up one, two, three, had Kevin Harvick not got unbelievably lucky with uh, the caution and the timing of, of his pit cycling. But I literally watched Kevin Harvick win. And not even two minutes later on the TV right next to it, I watched Scott McLaughlin come off of that final corner with a drag race and lose to Scott Dixon, who also had just had no business winning that race because Scott McLaughlin threw, they just threw it away. They threw it away at the end by pitting and, and they, uh, but this is the way racing goes. Both races had some crazy twists to it. And, you know, we had talked about specifically with Michigan and I talked about it with the grand prix as well, how it probably was going to be a shit show probably was going to be crazy. And it had a it had a very drastic impact on how that race finished. But me and you specifically talked about how Michigan could be a huge wild card due to the strategy that can take place, right? And it seemed like we actually we actually were not even going to get that throughout most of the race. the The best call was by Daniel Suarez's team, who of course was one of my outrights. Um, they played the strategy call, got lucky with a caution and got track position. We knew they were going to have speed and he led a lot of the latter part of that race, holding off Ross Chastain, but Denny Hamlin had the car to beat. Denny Hamlin had the car to beat was a, just an absolute rocket all day long. And 
Kevin Harvick pits. And within five seconds of him getting done with his pit stop, and probably within five seconds of getting lapped in the pit cycle, Christopher Bell, Hell's Bell. We might, I might have to take the nickname away from him because he fucked me brutally. With yeah, he did Chris Bell this, things. He did child things. Well, and who is this? I, I I don't know who his spotter is, but wow. I mean, that was like literally just just drive straight, keep the wheel straight, and he he clears himself or his spotter clears him, and he wrecks and brings a caution out that ultimately gave Kevin Harvick the track position he needed to to win that race. And Harvick did nail the restart. Uh, I will say that. I wish Kyle Larson had sent him three wide into turn three, though. That would have been a sick move and probably would have given him and Bubba a better chance if Kyle Larson had had made that move instead of shoving Harvick out there. But nonetheless, we talked about how it be a strategy race, and it turned out to work exactly in that manner. So if you're on the good end or the bad end, you got to acknowledge that it was lucky for sure. And Kevin Harvick has been due some much needed luck considering how 2021 went for him, how the end of 2020 went for him and how close he had been in a couple races in 2022 as well. So uh, I'm, I'm a big Kevin Harvick fan at heart. So all betting things aside, all betting nonsense, catastrophe, horse shit, Aside, I was happy in the deep, in the in the pits of my heart, seeing Kevin Harvick get back to victory lane because he is one of the last true OGs left from that uh, from the, just from that awesome era uh, post Dale Earnhardt's death when you just had so much talent emerge into the sport, and it's it's basically him and Kurt Busch last two of those guys left. So Kevin Harvick has always had a place in my heart, and uh, as well because my dad loved Harvick. He could not have been a better, a better replacement for Dale Earnhardt Sr. With how successful his career has been, and just the overall tenacity and the uh, balls to the wall mentality of Kevin Harvick. So it was cool to see him get that win. It, it really was. And um, you know, sometimes those things, when it comes to strategy, shit happens. And this weekend coming up at Richmond, hopefully, we'll see a different race. Yeah. So. To backtrack on what you were saying with with Kevin, you know, I would have been ha- happy regardless, you know, if if that would have happened with Kyle Larson, because the top 10 probably still would have came. A couple of things we have to note. He was in the Bush Apple car, uh, I believe the last time that he ran the Bush Apple car. I'm not sure if he ran the Bush Apple car last year in Michigan, but I know in 2020 he did and he won. He's he's run that car a lot, so it's okay. It's, it's so tough. maybe you know, I, maybe that doesn't matter as much, but that that's just one thing. I have to throw this in there. Um, three years ago, to the date or to this race, I don't know if the date is specifically lined up or not. Probably not. But uh, three years ago, my first ever legal sports bet at the Beau Rivage was Kevin Harvick to win at Michigan in 2019. Mm. So Mm. ironically, the three-year anniversary of my first ever legal sports bet. Should have thought about that. You should have thought about it. Um, Uh, I like speed and they just haven't had the style of track, but you know, you, I mean, you had kind of called it in the pre, in the, in the, in the garage guys pre-race show. I hate that you didn't stick with your guns on that one even though you did get the top 10, but well, the thing about it was, is that I did not think he was going to win that race. I'm not going to come out and say that I did think he would win it. 
I, I thought he maybe he had a shot. Maybe he could turn on the, you know, the the Rockets. And, and obviously that's what he did. I didn't doubt that, but I wasn't going to put my money on it. But but putting the money on the top 10, I just felt like it was just criminal to not bet a top 10 on Kevin Harvick there. Even And that's the, only, that's the first bet that I've ever taken that had minus odds before qualifying for a top 10. And there was a reason that I did that. And I wasn't going to let myself or anybody else that tailed that bet down. That was a guaranteed lock. And I don't give a lot of guaranteed locks out. So I, I know that I had to keep, I had to keep, you know, stick with my guns on that. The other guaranteed lock I gave out was, uh, was Eric Jones, I believe. Um, and I want to say that that prop hit on prize pick. So two guaranteed locks that were given out on the show, they hit. So just anytime I say guaranteed lock, it's real. Uh, another thing that I want to mention is the fact that, uh, you know, you call it luck. I call it uh, mystical forces. Uh, I told everyone to, to make a Harvick top 10 talisman. And for those of you that don't know what a talisman is, is an object that you literally just manifest energy into. So you just like make this object. The sole purpose of the object is to obtain a goal. And you just know that having that object is going to make that goal come to fruition. I think what happened was, is that too many people made Harvick top 10 talismans. There was a lot of energy and he actually ended up winning the race. So that's, that's what really happened. like a, a seventh to 10th place car, maybe even like a sixth place car. So we didn't even, we didn't even need that, that mystical energy for the top 10. You actually, it was too much. Yeah. You actually <laughs> gave it for the wrong bet and it fucked everybody. Well, yeah. there were some people that had Kevin Harvick, but it fucked most of us, including me, who had once again uh, picks finished second and third. And oh, god damn it, it makes me mad. Especially the Daniel Suarez top 10 is a bad beat, too, because he led 30 something laps, was a force in the second half of the race. And then he pits, gets lapped, and then Christopher Bell causes that wreck. Daniel Suarez has to get the lucky dog. And then he blows a left front tire, and we didn't see any flat tires. From what I remember, did not hardly see any flat tires throughout the entire race. But Daniel Suarez trying to get back into the top tire, and they don't even throw the caution. There's fucking debris everywhere. Yeah, and we don't throw a caution either. It was just, man, it was just whammy after whammy after I felt like I nailed, nailed my picks when it came to picking the right guys, except for Austin Dillon, right? Austin Dillon was yeah. very meh, but that's why I was an underdog play for sure. And I also just have to say two more things, just random off the top of my head. Thoughts? Really happy Austin Cindric was okay. I, we're just not talking enough about how insane that wreck was. And I'd have to go look back in the archives to see, but I, I cannot remember a time at Michigan International Speedway where somebody went head on into a wall like that. I mean, at one of the fastest racetracks on the schedule, it was a restart. The speeds were picking up into turn one and turn two. It wasn't like a long green flag run where he's going to hit the corner at go five, but dude, that hit by Austin Cindric and that wreck literally to just took my breath away. I could not believe that impact. And he just gets out, walks away from it. So I'm really happy he's okay and and uh it's just unbelievable to see a crash like that 
and someone walk away. And and we, Kevin Harvick actually had just been interviewed earlier this week by the media talking about how he's still a little bit concerned about the safety of these cars. Like the, the frame, the frames are, are a little too rigid and it, it causes the driver to take more of the blow, more of the impact, more of the kinetic energy. And then of course we come out and that big rag happens and Austin Cindric just full head on into the wall. Like it was just a scary, scary wreck. When you consider that 20 years ago, that probably was was instant death and if not i mean at the least like a broken neck or, or a fractured skull pre-hans pre-hans yeah and and that's yeah, and safer barrier too safer and barrier. safer barrier for sure so hopefully kevin that that showed kevin a, you know a different side of things if he went back and watched the replay which he may still be celebrating we have no clue i, I don't know what's happening in the harvick household but um but yeah, yeah. Shout out to, to to Cindric. Glad to see that he did walk away from that. Literally was telling you that I had a dream that he was driving in. We wrecked in the car, and we were. I was just giving him hell the whole time, and he was just kind of sad about it. And so now I feel bad because like I, I'm I'm awake and alert in the real world, and I'm like, oh damn, like I was mean to Austin Cindric in my dream after he had that terrible wreck. Um, kind of a piece of shit. Uh, in my dream. Hey, but he, he's okay. He's, he's okay. okay. Yeah. And we were okay too. None of us died in, in my dream. Thank God. Yeah. No, no. The, so. the energy's still okay. I mean, like that, if he died, it would suck. Cause I just like, I couldn't hate him anymore. You know, like, yeah, no, like, he, yeah, not at all. All stay around. Or I can't, I can't hate him anymore. He's got to stay know? alive for a long time. We got to continue <laughs> that hate. Yeah. <laughs> but in all sure. seriousness, like the beef is, is is fun right like the beef that we have it's fun so it's you still can't take like you can't take yourself too seriously but we this is a sport it's just it you see shit like this and it is a reminder that that this sport is so dangerous and life can be fragile um luckily these cars still appear to be really really safe in instances like what we saw on sunday but now just i am happy he's okay and, and as long as he's alive, I can still hate him forever. So I'm happy. Exactly. Well, we'll, we'll talk about you were talking about beef. Uh, we'll, we'll just dive into it for just a little bit. Um, the uh, the Discord, Discord drama, the beef. Everybody in the garage fam may maybe listening to this, waiting to hear about it. We had our first uh, we had our first kick in the in the Discord. Our 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 good friend, the the villain of the garage fam, uh, the troll of trolls, Corey Andy, the Jinx Eugene. Uh, he, he made his exit, his one day exit got put in garage, garage guys, free discord jail, blew he, up my DMS, uh, up the DMS. Look, here, here's the thing. I was very angry. First of all, I know we've already covered that, but also you just cannot tell me. And I, I still stand by this, even though, Hey, Kevin Harvick, he did, he did nail the restart. He did what he had to do to win the race. The timing of the caution is what awarded Kevin Harvick that win. And that is 100% luck. That is luck. And that's part of racing. I'm not saying I have like a big problem with it because it happens, but you just cannot dispute with me that the timing of that caution, which awarded Kevin Harvick that track position, was not lucky. It was 100% lucky. Absolutely. It's not it was, debatable. It was fate. It was fate. We'll call yeah, it and, fate. and honestly, yeah, I believe kind of shit too. It, it was fate. He, he, and I said this earlier, he has needed some much deserved luck. He deserved it. He absolutely deserved it. You just cannot argue with me on that. It was fucking lucky. And 
we see it happen sometimes so so yeah so he hit he hit me up yeah i think that was the thing i was because i didn't even know that it happened i had logged out and then i popped back in um and and saw where like it was gone and then he dm me and he was like i just asked him why it was lucky that kevin won and then i started i I was (laughs) so we we've we've gotten so many messages from people because he he just and, and and i know you mentioned him in the intro you introed him as like the troll right and yeah i get it but like goddamn he makes so many people mad with just horrendous <laughs> takes and horrible to argue that's what trolls do that's yeah what... <laughs> i mean he, he plays the part perfectly so when i was pissed and i sent like damn it sucks when you lose bets due to luck is what i said as soon as i saw he tagged me i was like nope get the fuck out of here Get the fuck out. You mess yeah. with the king, you get the fuck out of my Discord. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no and, gesture, I, and I I literally no said, I was like, I'm going to add him back. I'm going to add him back. But I'm angry, and I'm going to be a pussy about it. So, I mean, it is what it is. He's back in here. Everything's good now. But We kicked him for pussiness. And, but, yeah, you admitted. You admitted. You were like, there's just a lot of pussiness going on. And, like, for, for you to do that. And I was like, his him, pussiness rubbed off on me, unfortunately. Yeah. And I, I'm willing to admit it. <laughs> Unlike most people, <laughs> no, I think that's I'm, good. I'm honest, I, You're I, a man about it, yeah. I had a good time laughing my ass off when he was DMing me on the side, so it actually made me a little happy at the at the end of the day. And he and he's back in, so the community is still exactly where oh, we were before. He came in guns blazing, dude. He came in, so like he's the uh, he's like your typical like um, I would say like he has these these sides about him. like he has these moments. Where like he'll start, you know, he'll get really deep into betting talk, but then at the same time, it's like he'll turn on the the Eugene, you know, the Natalie Decker's head pasted on uh, on Dale Earnhardt Senior's body. He'll turn that that part of the NASCAR redneck troll fandom on, you know. He'll talk about, you know, he'll talk about how how Bubba's not going to win a race this week. He'll talk about uh, he'll talk about how how uh, Dale Senior, you know, is God. He'll talk about uh, Natalie Decker's the best. He's talk about Garrett Smithley top tens, um, you know, betting on those. Like we we love Garrett, by the way, but I mean, it's just it, it hasn't happened yet. So, um, you know, he'll he'll talk about a lot of very wild shit, and and it's amusing because at the same time, you know, it's just kind of like that's that's our troll, you know, that's that, that's the guy. So, but the thing the thing was is is that whenever whenever it appears to be so real and so genuine, like with him winning with Harvick and then finding out that like, he just bets on Harvick every week that can definitely piss off uh, somebody that, that I didn't even know he bet on him. I didn't even Uh, know he bet on him. He may not have bet on him, but it appeared that he did. I know that some people have said, that you know, like he would be rooting for things to crash, and then they'd be like, "Well, who are you betting on this week?" And he's like, "Nobody." <laughs> like just, just shit like that is just like that is enough to just pierce or, and make a us a, a like a, a weekly sports better's blood boil. You know, like it's just yeah, wreck. It's like oh well, who who are you betting on? I ain't got money on none of it. Like you know what I mean? Like that's just to me. Personally, it's funny on the outside, but it at the is. same time, I see where if if like if we're losing our ass and something like that said, and like we're just in a really just not a good mood, like we're not here for jokes at the moment, and then like the rest of the Discord has that like 
that aura going on with them and like that whole mentality. And then he rolls in and says some shit like that. Yeah. It's going to, it could cause some problems. So, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And I, I, look, I, I, uh, I'm the greatest in the universe. So when I'm not the greatest, I'm fucking angry and pissed right. off and mad and upset and sad and depressed. And <laughs> at least for like a day. Right. Especially with how Sunday went and Saturday. You've gotten Holy a lot better. I mean, I've, God yeah. dang it. You've gotten a lot oh, better over the years. I'll say that. Like you in the beginning, dude. I remember when we started this, dude. Like you wouldn't talk for like hours if you, if you, yeah, you would go a, into I know, a corner and die, dude. <laughs> I'll, I'll just go in a million different directions with this. But I actually am a good, typically, am sport about it. Like I'll, when when all the trolls come out on Twitter and will like count the amount of units I lost, I typically will retweet them and like you know I'll, I'll entertain it. Yeah, so you've gotten good um, with that. That's fun. It's fun it to see a, that one guy. A, it is a fun balance and it's it's the discord thing is just it's it's hilarious like it, it's still all in good fun at the end of the day right like yeah i wouldn't i didn't want to kick him and just leave that dude out permanently right i, I no. wouldn't do that he's unless, like, you broke, unless you broke like a rule where you just were blatantly racist homophobic or yeah said something bad right you like, come you come bad. out yeah you come out like and we don't really know you or like know what you're whole deal is and like you're just being dead serious about yeah you're gone it's not we, and, uh, you know i'm actually it's funny that I, I just mentioned that because we I, i'm as long as we've had this discord and we're approaching a thousand members i'm pretty impressed that i we haven't seen anything like that yet right we got like, good people man we got good yeah. people the garage fam are good people 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 have to realize that you know like and and i've realized it and we've been very fortunate because you go online these days man you got a lot of shitheads and scumbags out there but very fortunate that we uh that we don't have many of that or much of that at all going on in there so that's i think it's awesome yeah no doubt i um i want to shift gears back to the race here because the i talked about the cindric wreck one of the one of the innocent bystanders that was taken out there was kyle bush and Ooh. man we got to the got up to green flag he was plus 450 a a huge consensus favorite talk about and, r.i.p for anybody that doubt, bet on that i would yeah and even at the beginning of the week he opened up as a favorite and i think i i said it on on either the preview show or dale center i was like i i don't i just I'm a believer in momentum and when good things are happening, like they're happening. And when bad things are happening, they're happening. Like yeah. we talk about William Byron. We have that guy that asked about Byron in the Barstool racing space. Yeah. You talked and, about Kyle Bush in the Barstool space as well. Cause yeah, you and, and I both were like, yeah, no, we're not touching that. And somebody was like, well, if you believe in track house, you should believe in William Byron. I was like, no, I mean, when you look at all what's been happening over the past few months, and for the entire year, actually, Trackhouse, it doesn't matter where they qualify. They find a way to the front, and they did exactly that. They yeah. both qualified like 15th and 20th, and Chastain and Suarez were at the front within the first two stages. Leading it's like laps. you can't stop you know? these guys. You can't stop them. Like William where, where? Byron, who was – we talked about his hot streak beginning of the year and was good on this similar high-speed racetracks like Vegas, Fontana – um he was good at kansas as well and i think he was also pretty good at charlotte but ever since darlington with with joseph l it just hasn't it just has not mattered what the racetrack has been william byron is in a a horrific cold streak he is he, he hasn't had good luck they even just haven't had speed and then he finished 12th he got a finish 
he got a good finish, right? But yeah, he was a non-factor most of this race. Complete yeah. non-factor. And Joey L sucked think, the life out of him in Darlington. I, th- I think momentum is a huge thing that just cannot be ignored in racing. And um and that, and that that's that's just a big thing when it comes to the betting side. I, I cannot ignore momentum. And you know, you can debate whether or not Kevin, I mean, Kevin Harvick had a bad week at the Indy Road course, which he typically does, but yeah, it's, it's a road. Bubba Wallace, Bubba Wallace has had unbelievable momentum, and now he's just closer and closer and knocking on the door of getting that win. And four straight top tens and just got two consecutive top fives and had a top three race car too. So I um, kind of, I guess, shifting gears, not really. I feel we were kind of, was kind of persuaded slightly into thinking that this race was going to be a total madhouse of a race because of the factors like a few interviews from drivers being concerned, the new tire code that was given to us by Goodyear, uh, the potential of hand grenades being in the tires like we've seen at a lot of these high-speed racetracks. I feel like kind of warped myself into thinking this was going to be a shit show of a race. And it really, besides that one massive wreck, that took out what two legitimate contenders maybe it really wasn't it wasn't a crazy race like you know everybody that typically performs well performed well and was running at the front and of course this is the thing that makes me the most mad people were talking about well ford's won six of the last seven ford has been amazing here and it's like yeah they have but they don't have speed compared to the toyotas and even what track house has and the hendrick guys have well, Hendrick was a show except for Kyle Larson. Kyle Larson was good and just didn't capitalize on a late race restart when he had a chance to win. Trackhouse was really good. Both guys essentially shot themselves in the foot and or just had bad luck at the end. And, of course, Ford somehow wins this motherfucker again Yeah, with the most dominant <laughs> Michigan guy of the past five to ten years. It's, it's just it's so it story, weird. it's storybook it was a storybook it was a storybook race yeah and I mean, it's, it's, just, it's one of those so, weird places you have to keep that in mind like this may be just one of those races where mentality trumps performance and it's and, so weird how it worked out yeah it's all like three fords in the top five joey logano I mean, even said joey logano fourth wow he even acknowledged he, i think i had like an eighth place car but they found yeah. a way they 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 made sure they didn't make any mistakes. They capitalized on restarts and he gets a P4. So if it's, you look it's weird at how the that top, shit works out sometimes, dude. Like that's a trend thing. It's just but a I'll, trend thing that just doesn't go away for, for whatever reason. I want to say this right here. If you look at the top five of this race and you look at their crew chiefs, they're all pretty damn good crew chiefs. You got Kevin Harvick, Ronnie Childers, Bubba Wallace with Booty Barker. You got Denny Hamlin with Chris Gaypart, Joey Logano with Paul Wolf. And then you got Blaney, and I feel like an idiot. Who is Blaney's crew chief this year? Um, shit. What? Uh, da, 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 da. I know Wolf that is with Joey. Paul's with Cedric has Jeremy Bull. Jonathan Hassler is Blaney's crew chief. Okay, so he's a newer one. But yeah, yeah, he's been. I think he's been a long time engineer, and and maybe did some stuff like crew chief stuff on the Xfinity side. Yeah, this Jonathan Hassler. So, I mean, even if you just look at the top four, I mean, like that's legendary crew chiefs right there of this generation. 
And so, I mean, you talk about Michigan being a strategy race. I mean, you have to attribute some of that to the crew chief. And, and maybe that's, maybe that's what it really comes down to is like in those, in those moments where, you know, some call it luck, some call it fate, whatever, where a caution comes out and you have to make decisions, the best decision makers in the box usually are the ones that prevail. And so, I mean, you kind of see that. Cause I mean, you look back, dude, I mean, Kyle Larson hasn't had the best year of his life, but you know, he was the top Chevy finished seventh. You look at, I mean, Eric Jones, I don't even know who his crew chief is and, and I probably should, but I don't, but I mean, I, I talked about how I felt like Eric was going to do better for Michigan. And I think a lot of it attributes to the newer car. There was a lot of things that just were kind of turned upside down. Alex Bowman found his way into the top 10. Um, you know, that's something that hasn't happened in a minute. He was huge. He had to be in the, in the DFS winning lineup from 30th to ninth. I mean, it's just, if you had Blaney, Bowman and Harvick in your DFS lineup, like you went to town, like that was a given. And, uh, but, but yeah, like it's just a crazy, pretty crazy top 10, man. And I mean, you were talking about Austin Dillon. I mean, the even weirder Austin and Ty both finished right with each other. 13th and 14th. Ain't that some shit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Ty Dillon has kind of been that guy this year who just has found a way to survive a lot of these races and just kind of get a good, get a decent finish. And it's actually like exactly what he did when he was full-time with Jermaine racing before they shut down. seemed like he would just kind of hang around 20th, 25th and uh, every now and then break through for a decent top 15. And which by the way, way I think Wednesday, Richard Petty or Petty GMS is announcing the new driver of the 42 car because Ty Dillon won't be back. They announced a few weeks ago. I think it's Noah Gragson. Yeah, that's what I've been hearing as well. But also you talk about Noah Gragson, a guy that was running in the top five for a decent. Holy hell, right? Kind of jumped through the field, but that boy, he just he just on the cup side just just has not had the luck to get get the finishes and inexperience could be part of that you know well, i mean i think it was a lot of a lot of it was tires i mean he was just kind of talking about how they they he brought a great car it's just the control and he's young and he's learning and i mean it's different i mean when you really look at what ty gibbs did this week i mean to be only his third race into the cup Dude. series in that car yeah well and one of my bets was a ty gibbs top three uh because i, I thought this is bold a good that was track. bold of you for the greatest in the universe, I will say well, here's that was the thing. He and he had a pit road penalty on his final, and he still finished tenth. I mean, he could have had a much better finish. And one thing I like to think about when we come to Michigan is that Kansas, the way Kansas is designed, is kind of like a mini Michigan, right? And who were the best two to three cars at Michigan or at Kansas? And that was Kurt Busch, who won, which is the car Ty Gibbs was driving. Bubba Wallace was really good, and Denny Hamlin was really good. I think Kevin Harvick was actually in the hunt. I think he was somewhere up there. Uh, maybe. Well, the bet the Toyotas and Kyle Larson were kind of the class at at Kansas. So that's the direction I kind of went in my bets, especially after I looked at some data from practice and qualifying. I was like, you know what? Uh, and it it proved it it proved to be right when it came down to picking the best cars. But like we've mentioned a billion times in this episode, it just doesn't always work out that way. You know, the no. best car is winning. And, you know, 
I think it, driver experience has a lot to do with it. I mean, yeah, that, that's what I would always look at. Like, even though, like, yeah, it's Ty Gibbs and, you know, he's great in Xfinity and all. It's just still, it's a completely different class. Uh, you oh, know? yeah. I mean, he, and he got, he got penalized, right? Like, he made, he made, a made a rookie mistake. Yeah. yeah or, I mean, exactly. I can't really call Literally. it a rookie mistake, but I mean, a lot of people make those mistakes. Look at Kyle Denny Larson. Hamlin's, he always, Denny <laughs> Hamlin's fucking pit crew apparently is just, Full oh, yeah. of, of rookie mistakes. My That's God. who to blame. That's who you want to blame you for yeah. losing the Jimmy and he Hamlin. Still back. finished third. He restarted, I think, twenty fifth and drove back through the field and finished to third. tenth in three laps. Dude, I mean, his he was a rocket ship, and yeah. they, another opportunity lost for Denny. And man, that just fucking blows. But didn't look, we kind of see that in Xfinity though too? Like I, I remember hearing Brad Daugherty, he was just talking about how Noah had the fastest car. And, well, the, uh, what they, they, I, th- I, I know Brad, dude, he was, uh, Brad Darty was, was, was beaten off to Noah Gragson, dude. Well, he, he up. picked him to win. So, I mean, he, he has was, a little he was of talking us talking about him you know? so much, but I thought Justin Allgaier was a little bit better than Noah. And I mean, he was one of my picks and he finished second, of course, my top and It player. showed, it showed, but yeah, I mean, Noah probably, and Noah still drove back to finish third, even after opting for stage points, like the, our playoff points, I should say. They went for the playoff points. They got their two playoff points, and it hurt them in the long run and finished third. But in the end of that run, Noah was considerably faster than Ty Gibbs. So you got to wonder if they didn't chase those playoff points, which I still think is if you are a front runner, and I want to know what people think about this, like tag me on Twitter, Discord. If you are a front runner with a winning quality race car, why you chase one point at a time when you can five for winning the fucking race? That is just to me the weirdest thing. Like, it, and and I, I get it. Like, it's safer, I guess, because it's like most of the field is going to try to opt to get the better finish at the end of the race. But when you have a winning race car, which Noah potentially had a winning race car on Saturday. Why do you go for playoff points? Why do you go for one playoff point at a time when you could get five for winning the race? And it's actually legitimately realistic to win. I, I, that is the, and we could go down another path about the playoff situation, by the way, in cup, because now it has officially gotten crazy, like super mega crazy on the cup side. But I, sometimes the strategies of these teams really surprised me when it comes to how you chase playoff points no i i agree i mean yeah we, let us know just let us know we want to know i i do want to say this um i know we're, we're getting ready to to wind down i uh I, I put this out there for free for everyone yesterday and i know we're not really you know supposed to be talking too much about richmond it's a little far away as of right now but uh, we're talking a lot about Denny and rocket ships in this episode. So I just want to talk about another rocket rocket man. That's not Ryan Newman. Uh, I'm fully manifesting Joey Logano to have a rocket ship, uh, in Richmond. He was plus 2000 to open. I hammered away at plus 2000 best odds on him right now are plus 1600 on Barstool Sportsbook. Just want to let that be a kind of a forward for the, uh, for the race in Richmond coming up this weekend. I got weekend. it too. I got the 20 to one as well. It nice. seems like everybody's going to hammer it, but Good. I don't see how you can't. 
He's one of the best short track racers and has been exactly one of the most efficient short track racers in 2022. So that line is is, is pretty wild. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's bizarre. I mean, they had Kevin Harvick at plus 2000, but I mean, back to back, I mean, it might be a little bit tough, but uh, but who knows? I mean, he was right up there at the same time. I just I had to go with Joey. Had to go with him there. So, oh, dude, plus- I'm on Joey and Truex, dude. I mean, I, I, I'm just, I went back Sunday night, actually. I woke up and like could not go back to sleep. So, I went back and watched the spring race because this is actually the, this is the second time this year that we have come back to a, a repeated racetrack. Like Atlanta, we, we went, we've gone to twice. And now Richmond will be the next one. And this, it's really the first time that we can use a race from earlier this year at the exact same racetrack as very valuable. Like you can say whatever about Atlanta because, you know, basically super speedway, but right. Um, with Richmond, like I went back and watched Sunday night, went back and watched the entire race from earlier this spring, just to go ahead and get a good, a good idea about it. You know? So I, um, uh, Martin Truex had the best car. Martin Truex had the best car. Joey Logano was good. Kevin Harvick was really good. Uh, Denny Hamlin was kind of decent, hung around, hung around, and then the strategy call at the end was just remarkable. Like, going back and watching that, the strategy in the last 40 to 50 laps was insane how it worked out for Denny and Kevin Harvick. And I'll let you go back and let anybody listen, go back and watch that to kind of see what I'm talking about. And everybody who did probably understands it and remembers like, holy shit. I mean, tires were a huge factor, major, major factor in determining the outcome of that race. So uh, hopefully, and I'm going to knock on wood, hopefully we don't get that kind of strategy for Richmond because a typical Richmond race, typically, I got to stop saying the word typical here. The, the the common Richmond race is usually very predictable with outcomes if you look at all the data. So go with Truex and Logano just to start the week off. I think that's a great start for two guys to bet on, even though I am so ready for pain with Martin Truex. I'm I want to take – I'm ready I to see, be hurt again. Yeah, if we're talking early bets real fast, like everybody is beaten off to Martin Truex for good reason, and I get it, and I'm not going to knock anybody that's taken this bet. I personally am not taking it. I, I'm going to risk possibly having to bet him at like plus 350 <laughs> to win because like I, I just feel like maybe something will go wrong and we'll, and the odds will will lengthen out a, a, a tiny bit, you know, in qualifying or practice. Wait, you, that, you said 350? Yeah, no, I'm saying that like I'm taking a risk on probably having to take him at like plus 350 or something. Oh, like, yeah, because true. if he does well at qualifying and practice, but I just I don't want to bite at right now. I think plus well, 700 the thing, was the best that we saw him was on Caesars. They have Truex's team has picked it up in qualifying this yeah. in the in the second half of the season. So, you know, I, I had early throughout the year, I had talked about many times how Truex is a good play to take after qualifying because they're kind of a big sandbagger team when it comes to qualifying. Yeah, they've I like actually that. qualified really well this year collectively. So I, I hope they don't show their hand. Yeah, Richmond. no, I, I I get it. I just don't I don't think we'll see plus 700 again. There's just no way. 
Yeah, I uh, I do. Uh, th- there's a lot that we can we can cover in. The most important thing is to make sure that you're following Dale and I on Action Network. That's where we drop our cup picks. Uh, I had to drop the Logano one early because Action Network didn't uh, lay that down. But it was like maybe like 15 minutes later they had it opened up. So I put it on there and logged it already. I've already been looking at top tens, top five. I, I'm already like really getting strategic with it. I'm also going to be playing a lot of DFS this week. And I talked a little bit in the Discord. I'm, I'm thinking about picking up my DFS game now that the playoffs is coming back. I typically do decent in DFS during the playoffs. And uh, talking about the possibility of maybe putting together something each week where some guys and, and girls from the Discord that want to play some DFS and learn a little bit more about it, maybe, maybe putting together like a little uh, little group or something like that where we can talk about it and build some lineups, you know, kind of a little powwow. But, uh, but yeah, it might be something to do this week. If you want to be a part of that, definitely hit us up, let us know. Be sure you're in the Discord, and we'll make it happen there. But we'll, we'll have more to talk about uh, Richmond on the uh, the NASCAR race preview show coming later this week. Uh, but as for now, I, I think we've recapped enough of uh, Michigan, and, and I think it's time for some uh, some Garage Guide. Yeah, time for the Garage Guide. The topic of this week, try to make it relative to things that, that may have happened in the racing world. And in this case... Uh, Kevin Harvick broke a 65 race winless streak at Michigan this past weekend. So Ooh. I wanted to make the list of my favorite winless drought breakthroughs. And this excludes first time winners, by the way, because you can you can think about guys like Chase Elliott, who went two or three years without winning a race till he got his first one. Kyle Larson was kind of the same way. This is excluding first time winners, just winless drought breakthroughs like we saw what Kevin Harvick did this past weekend. Yeah, for sure. So it'll be a little bit different on this one. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of years that, that I kind of gapped with racing, got back heavy into NASCAR racing in 2017. So I'm a little bit late to the party, but Dale boy has been watching since he was a wee little Dale boy. And, uh, and he remembers a lot from these races. So we're going to just recap uh, five and an honorable mention, I'm going to kind of introduce some men and I'm going to let Dale tell the story of these wins. So, uh, the first yes. one of context first one is be, important. It is very much so. Uh, the, the honorable mention that we have here is uh, Kevin Harvick, 2010. And uh, I'm looking here on this list right now. I don't see how many races he had went with this one uh, that I'm looking for. We're already off to a hot start here on the garage guys with the honorable mention i'm looking at this list don't see the length of races well it was over it was actually i didn't send you the number but it was over because i know it was fucking three years so it had if you do the math 36 36 because there's 36 races in a season it had to be a little bit over 100 a little bit over 100. Okay, so this is where he won in 2007, and there was nothing else. It was Talladega that he won at. Is that correct? So, all right. The honorable mention here, Kevin Harvick had a 115-race winless yeah. streak from dating from the 2007 Daytona 500, which he won, all the way to, I think it was spring Talladega in 2010. So 115 races. Yeah, 115 races. There you and go. this is in the uh, the, the 29. Was this when he was in the Pinzoil? Yes. RCR? Yep. 
And, and okay. this is the honorable mention there because the, in the fashion in which he won both these races, 2008, 2009 were quite the struggle for Kevin Hart uh, after he won that 06 Daytona 500 by beating Mark Martin in that incredible, one of the greatest finishes in the history of NASCAR and in motorsports, period. Went three years without winning and then comes to Talladega and does the same fucking thing that he did, passing Jamie McMurray coming to the line. And, and that's kind of how he developed the nickname, The Closer. Mm. I felt like it was because of these two races in a in a three and a half, well, not three and a half, but a little over a three-year span. So the honorable mention must go to Kevin Harbour because he just broke another winless streak this past weekend, obviously the 65 one, which is important. And you never know, it could be his last win. So this winless streak, he just broke could be more important than the one I'm talking about right now. But back then this was just a really badass one because of the, the fashion that he won these two races, the 07 Daytona 500, 115 races later comes back and does the same exact thing to Jamie. McMurray. So that's what the honorable mention right there. What, that what, a, what a context. Lint. I'm sure we confused the fuck out of y'all with the beginning of this, but that was on me. Because I, okay. I didn't realize the year was on the left side of this chart. So now yeah, okay. we're good. We're Shout good out now. to Reddit for kind of for helping the spark <laughs> plug, right? Yeah, but yeah. you have a lot of like Jeff Burton's was a famous one when he went five years without winning and then went to Dover in the RCR 31 and one kind of revived his career. Jamie McMurray won his first ever start at Charlotte in 2002 everybody's like this kid is a fucking prodigy and then he bounces around to two different teams and doesn't win a race for five years until daytona in 2007 which was also another photo finish uh, and a, a crazy cool race so that's kind of some context and what we're talking about here is guys that have won and went forever without winning and then finally got another win to break drought so top five favorite favorite yeah. drought breaking win I will, I will say this before we get into the actual top five. That was the honorable mention. The longest one that is on here, Bill Elliott with 226. He literally won his last race in 1994 in Darlington. Didn't win again until 2001 at Homestead. That's insane. Yeah, and that race, <laughs> the way I see it, that race kind of, or maybe it was 2002. I'm trying to think who won Homestead 02. I think Bill Elliott won both, but. One of those races, Casey Atwood in the 19, it was like his last chance to do something. And I think Bill Elliott beat him, and then Casey Atwood got fired. Yeah. So also, also, I would, I would hope Atwood's anyone career. would get fired after after that long of a drought from 94 that, to 01. Right. But here's the thing. Yeah, that's a long one, man. That That is a super long one for a Hall of Fame driver. And it really shows you when Bill Elliott left and, and did his own team with the 94, mcdonald's he was fucking terrible for for a minute dude like and then shades uh, of bread 2001 came back and was part of the ray evernham the ray evernham uh beginnings with the nine car yeah. and won a few races they had some really fast race cars in the early 2000s so yeah that one was a that one was an important one for sure all right well now let's let's roll into to this top five this list put together by, by our own Dale Tanhart. Uh, number five, Tony Stewart uh, went from uh, 
84 races. Dover 2013 was the last race won, and he didn't win again until 2016 at the famous road course known as Sonoma. Yeah, this is a this is a big one, especially like in my teenage life, because I hated Tony Stewart as a kid. Grew up, just couldn't stand him because he was a hothead and went to Daytona. My first ever Daytona race I went to fucking Tony Stewart won and Jeff Gordon crashed and Dale Jr. I think also crashed. So it sucked for me. And uh, he was just, God, I just couldn't stand him. But as I grew up, I grew to respect him in 2011 after he beat Carl Edwards. And then his life kind of took a took a twist with the him killing Kevin Ward Jr. on that dirt track outside of New York, I believe. Crazy. And had injuries and his career just fell apart really quickly. Right. So 2013 was a decent year and he had won at Dover and then everything went to hell and announces retirement after the 2016 season. And he gets his last win and dramatic finish the most dramatic finish at sonoma ever i th- i believe denny hamlin will hops going into the final corner and tony stewart muscles him out of the way in turn 11 and wins was an awesome finish and tony stewart's last career win so it definitely is a a, a very important win drought list because there's a lot of guys a lot of famous Hall of Fame caliber drivers that did not win in their final season. And Tony Stewart was going to probably join that list, if not for Sonoma that day. So that one had to make the list for sure. Tony Stewart breaking an 84 winless, winless streak drought to win at Sonoma. This aesthetically to the ear, this just doesn't sound. I'm trying to figure out what like to, to call this favorite winless droughts snapped favorite win list streak snap it just it's kind of a mouthful but snap street but the, the snap streak yeah there you go mm-hmm. not, street, not like street snapchat snap. but yeah. street snap i don't know street snap i'm just trying to remember like in where i was at because i remember here and like when tony retired and like i was just in such a my, my child was one years old i was working in an insurance office at a state farm uh, and, I, and I was very focused on going to Pelicans games. I had season tickets to the Pelicans that year. I was a big Pels fan. Oh, that's cool. Actually wearing a Pelican shirt right now with Drew Holiday and Zion on it. RIP to that NBA Jam duo. Um, so never forget. But, yeah, I, I'll never forget hearing all the news. Like It was like the one time you heard NASCAR on ESPN again, just to come on there to tell you that Tony Stewart had, had killed a guy. So, dude, I I remember that too. That was fucking crazy when I saw that. It was I nuts. remember exactly where I was in Oxford. Actually, I was in Oxford. I was out out and about having a time and looked on the TV because one of my friends pointed at it. And was like, dude, Tony Stewart killed a guy. It was like, yeah. And what was it like? Brick killed a guy. Like, it was I like was everybody like, made yeah. that joke. Yeah, yeah. Anchorman can always come into play in, in in any fun reference. Well, this wasn't really a fun one, but uh. I was sitting there and I was like, dude, shut the fuck up. What are you talking about? And I looked at the TV and said, Tony Stewart kills race car driver at racetrack. And I was like, what? And then we end up learning what really happened. And yeah, but I mean, holy shit. What a, what a bizarre headline to see that's out of a dream. Right. Like, yeah, it's really like, how did he kill this guy? Like, like, did he stab a guy? Like, did he shoot a guy? Well, It it did say that he, he ran him over. And I was like, how did he run him over? Like, there was not a lot of context at first. It was, it was not fun. 
because you're yep. just like, what is this? Like, but this I'm happy crazy. that after all that, Tony Stewart broke the winless streak at Sonoma. It, that was yeah. a cool race. Yeah. Back on track. Back on track. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, all right. go, yeah, the thing is a fucking a, a can of worms. At the yes, moment. it is. This is. We're just glad that Tony's still a part of the sport and he's around and we got a lot of respect for old Tony. Shout out to Tony. Um, number four. This is this is a great one. This is probably uh, going to be one of my favorites, one that I've watched. I've actually watched this race multiple times. Uh, it's Dale Earnhardt Sr., 59 races until one beautiful day in 1998 when he won his first Daytona 500 in the Goodwrench Plus car. Uh, the donuts heard around the world, the, the pit crews lining up to give him a high five the Coke that was spewed from the bottle, just a glorious day and only 59 races. He got something done that he had been gunning for that he needed as the cherry on top to his hall of fame career. Yeah. You know, it's kind of crazy thinking about like when you really think about how long 59 races is, especially for champ, which he was in his late forties, but was still running well, just wasn't getting wins as often as he had. And Daytona 500 comes around in 1998, didn't win at all in 1997. Uh, and Larry McReynolds, crew chief, crew chiefs him to that the win. Goat. And it was the only win of 1998 also he had. So he basically up another decently long winless streak right after. But that obviously monumental because not for – the winless streak itself, but for the the Daytona 500 winless streak of 20 years. So that one obviously had to make the list. And it was really cool that Larry McReynolds had gotten to be on the pit box too. had, had think had just been named his crew chief in 98, maybe, maybe 97, but I think he was named in 98 because Earnhardt had had some struggles in 1997 without winning a race. And statistically, uh, had one of his worst years not winning, but I think McReynolds was there in '97, not for sure. But they, 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 uh, they didn't have the best best seasons together. But they accomplished the biggest thing that was missing from Earnhardt's list, and that was a Daytona 500. So, and, yeah, and I definitely had to make the list. I've I've watched a lot of like documentaries and listened into a lot of talks, and Larry Mack talked a lot about how him and Dale just butted heads constantly. It's oh, like, oh yeah. His job was to get him that Daytona 500 win. I think that's uh, the only race they won together, too, if I'm not mistaken. That was Larry Mack's job, dude, was to get him that win, and he did it. And so I feel like no matter what, it's like he he did what he needed to do. I mean, legendary crew chief, big fan of tires, um, always hanging out with tires on Fox. And uh, and so, yeah, it's just he, he he knew what he was there for, and at the end of the day, they got it done shout out to them just a great duo for that for that last banger that you know that big hoorah before i think his last win in talladega so yeah shout out to that um moving on to number three uh, another og in the game one of my favorite human beings possibly my favorite winston cup era race car driver that is alive today uh mark martin Driving the uh, the Hendrick number five car, sporting it up for Terry two time. 97 races was the drought 
Um, and those last race that he had won with that drought was Kansas in 2005, comes back in 09 to win at Phoenix. Yep. So Mark Martin had announced his retirement in 2005. They had like the whole farewell emblem and everything, right? Him and, or I'm sorry, that would have been 06. He announced his retirement. And uh, 05 was a really good year. Roush collectively as a program was so good had all five of their cars in the chase mark martin was a legitimate championship contender that year and that was his last best shot with roush to win a championship and uh basically had announced his retirement after 2006 then he's like okay well i'll race part-time because he had some offers races part-time of the zero one car just forget what that team name was called but it was the navy car the U.S. Army car, actually. The Army car. And that's where was... he lost the Daytona 500, ran some part-time stuff, Oof. and then uh, ran for DEI after Dale Jr. had left. A little bit here, a little bit there. Rick Hendry gives him a call and wants him to come back in 2009, race full-time. He does. Has the year of his life as a, a man in his early, mid-40s, maybe late 40s at, at this time, actually. And uh, I think he won four races in 09. Fucking finished second to Jimmy Johnson in the point standings, which killed me and just typical. Um, but nonetheless, one of the most fun years Mark Martin ever had. And he, he still will talk about that and was a dominant force in 2009. And it started with that win at Phoenix after going four years, about four years without winning, maybe more like three and a half, but. Uh, considering he didn't run full-time in 2008 and 2007, that race total, that total races he went without winning is a little shorter than than uh, it could have been. So that was, a, that was a really cool year for Mark Martin. I hated everything else about 2009 because Junior was terrible. Jeff wasn't great, but it was really cool seeing Mark perform at the top, uh, the top of his level, top of uh, NASCAR's, nascar's premier level so that's where it started was at phoenix spring of 09 yeah you know i want to say that in 2009 something else started and that was uh my love for gucci Mane. and everybody that knows mark knows that he loves gucci Mane. and you gotta wonder if uh if if it was the state versus roderick davis the album that come out in 2009 that really fueled him to to victory so yeah so let's go ahead and move into uh, number two, which is going to be Dale Jr. 2012 was when he got this win, and it was 143 races. Uh, the last win was Michigan in 08. Yep. It was – Michigan was so weird. Like, I feel like early in, in, in uh, Jr.'s career, he wasn't the best at Michigan, especially like these flatter racetracks like Michigan and Fontana wasn't very good at Indianapolis ever and won in 2008 at Michigan due to some fuel strategy. And it was his first win with Hendrick motorsports. We all were like, hell yeah, this is it. It's put up or shut up. I'll never forget Kyle Petty saying that on the broadcast actually. And he wins that one. And then a long four years, especially as a diehard junior fan, it was tough. It was so tough. You had the 2011 Coke 600 in there where he could have won uh, multiple second place finishes in the Daytona 500, which he could have won. 
and then comes back to Michigan with the Batman, the Dark Knight race car, and just absolutely puts on a clinic, had a rocket ship, and brought his career back on track and had to be number two for me because it was a big day for me in my life because of everything I just with the hardships of having to go four years without seeing Dale Jr. win a race, you know, it was wild. So that was a, a really special one. And fuck, I cannot believe he went four years. That is absolutely insane. Still to think about to this day, like I shake my head at it, but I'm glad he broke it because he, it rejuvenated his career uh, at the, at the latter half of it. So it yeah. was cool. Came full circle. Shout out to Christian Bell and Heath Ledger. Um, number one, we're, we're here. Number one, the last one, uh, w- one of the dons of, of NASCAR, in my opinion, uh, the Blazing Saddles, the, the Renegades, 142 races without a win. His last win was in Pocono in the year 2000. In 2004, he comes back, wins at Richmond. Jeremy Mayfield. Yep. This one is – some people – might be like whoa really that's number one all these famous drivers all these drivers that you love so much it's not even questionable it's not even debatable this was the most clutch win ever in the history of nascar playoffs which at the time was called the chase nascar postseason no doubt in my mind because guy had struggled at the end of his career with team penske gets released takes over for Casey Atwood with Ray Evernham, struggled his first two years with Evernham, and definitely was on must have been on a hot seat with the performance. And Bill Elliott was winning races, a uh, few, not many, but he was winning a few and performing better than Jeremy. 2004 was a different year. Jeremy and Casey Kane were so fast, and Jeremy had posi- positioned himself to be close to that, to making that chase. And then Richmond comes around, and he's 13th or 14th in points, and you had to be in the top 10. He had to jump at least four guys to make the the chase, the inaugural chase, which is a really cool field to be a part of. And he goes out there and does exactly what he has to do and wins at Richmond and jumps from 14th to 9th in the point standings and makes the chase. Just the most clutch win ever. And it couldn't have come at a better time for Jeremy when he had not won a race in four years. So that one for me is not is my number one because it was a just a badass moment. And wow, 2004 was such a good year, too. It, it's probably my favorite year in NASCAR ever. It was just the energy level was so awesome. And a lot of traditionalists hate the chase. And I understand. But. For me as a, a seven, eight-year-old kid, I loved it. I loved it. And I wish right now, like I don't hate the playoffs we have now. I'd love to go back to that 10-man chase because excluded mediocrity and only the best of the best made that field, which I think is a really important factor in professional sports. And that's where it all started. And that was when Jeremy Mayfield broke that winless streak dating back to 2000. So that is my number one. Love that one. Fucking love that one. Yeah, it wouldn't be a bad time to bring the chase back with a new car. I will say that much because things are just not like they were to where we might see Jimmy a Jimmy Johnson esque type uh, deal again. So, 
Yep. Might not be, might not be a bad thing, but yeah, this was a good show. It was a good list. If you want to check out some of those races, be sure to go back through. But again, just to recap before we leave, uh, honorable mention, Kevin Harvick in 2010, Tony Stewart in 2016, Earnhardt at the Daytona 598, Mark Martin in 09, Dale Jr. in 2012, and Jeremy Mayfield in 2004. Go check out those races. And Garage Fam, we will catch you for the NASCAR race preview show for Richmond. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, we appreciate you. Go eat Hooters and have a damn good week. It's comeback season. Get ready to win. No more P2s. P1s at Richmond. Let's fucking go. Bye.